Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we are finishing up our review of the 2020 season by giving out our Chevrolet report cards. Last week we had two guests on the show, David Reagan, a week from today, uh, a week ago today, I should say, um, who talked about uh, the, the, car, the Gen 7 car and a bunch of other stuff, and we also discussed um, Starcom's Racing's 2021 plans on, on Wednesday last week with their team manager, Derek Cope, the 1998 champion. Uh, 917-889-8280, that's the number call here tonight in Talking in Circles. If you want to discuss anything um, from the NASCAR season here in 2020, but we're going to give our Chevrolet report cards. Also, Kyle Busch Motorsports made some news today. Christian Eckes out. And is Chandler Smith, who drove, that, drove the 51 truck last year for a few races. Uh, lots of changes going on at Cobbush Motorsports. I expect a little bit of the same as far as crew chiefs are concerned. Um, we'll discuss that as well when we get into that portion of the show. Again, 917-889-8280. Let's get right to it, guys. That is um, the Chevrolet report cards. We'll start with the what we call the lead dog uh, at Chevrolet and Hendrick Motorsports. And let's start with the driver who won the championship here in 2020. Chase Elliott, five wins, 15 top fives, 22 top tens, and, of course, is now a one-time NASCAR champion. Um, and he won the championship by winning the last two races at Martinsville and Phoenix to get on to the championship. Spencer, I'll start with you, then we'll go to Phillip. Uh, what is your letter grade for Mr. Chase Elliott? Um, I mean, first and foremost, he had a great year. Um, winning those races that he did, you know, being in key moments, um, including Martinsville, you know, he, his back was against the wall and he had to go win and he did just that and was able to go to Phoenix and have a good run and win championship. Um, you know, you look at guys like Harvick that won nine races, um, and then you look at Chase that won five, but he also had the championship, um, you know, just because you win the championship doesn't necessarily mean you, in my eyes, you would get the highest grade. I would say probably about an A minor or an A. Um, you know, he had a good year. He won five races, won the championship. But in order for me to give you a high, high A, you need to go out and win more than five races. Um, and, you know, people probably listening will be like, well, he won the championship. He got the hardware. That's all that matters. But um, the race wins weren't as high as um, some of the guys this year. So, um, I would have to say an A. You know, he had a good year, and I mean, he won the championship. So, um, an A is where I'd have to put him. I think that's certainly fair. You know, when you consider him to the other, um, you know, drivers on in the sport, I would certainly say that is a that is a, a fair grade. Um, I'll give you my grade in a little bit, but we'll go to Phillips' grade here first. Um, Phillip. You have uh, Chase Elliott here. Spencer discussed he had five wins. You know, uh, four of them came, you know, in the last uh, 13 races. Three of them came um, in the last uh, five or six races. What were your thoughts on Chase Elliott for his letter grade? Yeah, I have to give him an A. Um, Didn't see this. I didn't expect this out of old William Clyde Elliott. Uh, The fact that he did – 
what he did those last two races says a lot about his not not only his short term of course getting the hardware and uh getting that championship getting those but it really speaks to his long-term potential um the yeah um you know in terms of in terms of the his you know, you get 15 top fives, 22 top tens, you know, leads over 1,200 laps. Uh, it's it's a solid, it's his best year of his career. And, you know, to go and get the hardware, it lines up a lot like Jeff Gordon back in 95. And that's really what Hendrick Motorsports wants. That's what Rick Hendrick wants because uh, Chase is a nice little trinket seller, but this year he became a champion um in the cup series and it's he's in a different level now 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 he's he's moved up to that elite level and um i think it's only the best is yet to come now that uh, uh he has some competition within his own team with kyle larson being in there yeah listen there's no question i think when you looked at what chase elliott did this year it was a surprise because we've always kind of commented on the Hendrick cars this year as not having a lot of speed uh, at times, you know, and I felt this way about two particular, two Hendrick cars in particular, and I'll get to the other one here in a little bit, but Chase Elliott to me was what we used to see from Jimmy Johnson in that 48 bunch where their strategy was to, you know, have a good start to the year. And then as we used to say with Jimmy Johnson, quote unquote, take the summer off, and then right around playoff time, find it again. And uh, it certainly looked like that was the case this year with Chase Elliott because as soon as the playoffs came, it seemed like they flipped the switch and everything came on. So Charlotte Roble really helped them, but Martinsville and Phoenix were very, very impressive. I'm going to give them an A as well. Uh, I don't know if he deserved an A-plus because, again, I, you know, I think an A-plus to me is, is consistent throughout the year, doing everything that uh, you needed to do. But an A is certainly a, a comparable grade for Chase Elliott, I think he deserves that. Uh, it was a tremendous year for him. I mean, he we've been waiting for guys like him to grow a little bit. Um, you know, his first year or two in Cup, he didn't win as many races. A lot of people were sitting there scratching their head, going, "When's he going to win?" But you know, in the last three years, he's won 11 races. So uh, all of a sudden, they've come in bunches here, and Chase Elliott, the 2020 champion, so that was huge for him. Um, moving on to the next Hendrick Motorsports driver, curious to see what this guy gets. I'll start with Phillips since I started with Spencer last time. William Byron Phillips, one top, one win, four top fives, 14 top tens, got his first win uh, at Daytona in, in uh, it was almost a July and September, uh, 14th in the points. He had Chad Kanaus as his crew chief. Um, what were your thoughts on William Byron's year, and what's his letter grade? I'll, I'll give him a, a C plus. I mean, at the end of the day, for the kind of, you know, the hubbub, all the talk about William Byron, uh, what he's been built up to be. Uh, it isn't the most top fives he's had in his career. Last year he had more. Uh, he has most top tens. Uh, you he, he was better, honestly, even though he won the race, one race last, you know, one race this year, and that was mainly because they told Chase not to even try, but that's beside the point. Um, he was better last year 
in general. He had better average start and better average, which I guess is throwaway now because of the whatever, but the average finish was basically a position more or better. So, I mean, I'll give him a C plus. The the PR and everything about William Byron is is bigger than what he's actually done in a cup car. Uh, We will see if... um, Rudy Fugel coming over to take over for Chad Knauss is is the spark that William Byron needs. Um, it's going to be tough for him uh, with the kind of uh, big names they have now and the situation and now Chase being the champion for him to really stand out in this organization. Uh, listen, it, I think it's certainly a fair grade. You brought up a lot of good points and the fact that you know, we looked at him almost as a guy who was in his second year with a top-level crew chief in Chad Knauss. We kind of looked at his 2020 season and went, oh, we expect him to, to really break out and have a good year. And that didn't happen. I mean, he won a race, sure. That, that's a, a checkbox. You know, he checked the box and you sit there and you go, okay, God is win. But you want to see more consistency. Four top fives is not going to do it. Um, at all at Hendrick Motorsports. And I know the, the team still isn't where we expect them to be, and, and that's certainly, I think, a, a product of, of maybe the depth there at Hendrick Motorsports. But um, they got to do better here. And William Byron, you, you touched on a little bit, Philip. I think 2021 is a huge, huge year for him, and I'll explain that in a little bit, why I think it's really huge for him. Uh, but we'll go to Spencer's grade on William Byron's year. Um, Spencer, where do you have Byron? Um, to give him a C. Uh, quite honestly, I think it was it was an awful year. Um, well, I shouldn't say awful. Um, but if you look at his teammate, you know Bowman was strong. You know, with Chase coming out winning the championship, winning race, he was strong. But if you look at Byron, he only led 140 laps all day or all year. Um, and his win came at Daytona. And I'm not saying, you know, I could go win a race at Daytona, but it's Daytona. You know, anybody really has a shot to win there. You know, you would like to see him win on a mile and a half or a short track where he really has to run hard and outbeat those guys. And um, we just didn't see that from him this year. He was uh, off, you know, especially with Canales being on top of the pit box. Um, You thought that would have brought a little bit better success for that team in um, 2020, but it just didn't. You know, he wasn't consistent. He had four DNFs. And four top fives in a Hendrick Motorsports car is um, is not good. You know, you know when you got his teammates out there, and you know you can kind of leave Jim, Jimmy aside. Uh, we've all agreed that he was kind of out for lunch. He checked out and was more focused on his road course and his IndyCar stuff. Um, but the, you know that's when you have your got your teammate winning a championship in five races. You have Bowman running really really strong. Um, you know, at times, there was a time where he slipped up, too, and we'll get to that next thing and uh, when we t- start talking about him. But um, it just wasn't a good year. You know, you would expect more, and I agree. I think next year's a big year for him. If, you, if somebody walked up to me and said, what has William Byron done in the Cup Series? He's done nothing. He's done nothing at all. Um, you know, now if he brought his iRacing success over to NASCAR, he would be phenomenal. But, that uh, you know, this isn't eye racing, and um, you know he's. I'm not saying he's awful. I'm not saying he's bad. That he sucks. It's just the performance really isn't there. And you know Hendrick has struggled a little bit. And if they get better, he might run better. But um, he can do it. I know he can go out and win races. And um, but this year just wasn't a good year. No, it wasn't. And you know when you look at 
2021 and why I think, and I agree with, I think Philip said, gave me a C plus. So I'll, I'll give my letter grade right now. I give him a C plus for uh, 2020. But when you look at 2021, you know, part of the reason why I think he is in, in such, you know, a dire situation is it's very rare that Rick Hendrick allows somebody from outside the organization to be crew chief of a car of, of one of his race cars. You know, they, they usually promote from within there at Hendrick Motorsports. And interesting that they didn't do that with a guy like Dave Lenz, who's the crew chief over there at the nine car for uh, Dave Gregson, um, and bring him up because Byron won the Xfinity Series championship and won four races with him in 2017. Instead, they went with Rudy Fugel, who where William Byron looked like you know he was unbeatable in the Truck Series uh, in 2016 when he had him. But Fugel took a uh, Fugel took a um, a a lot of convincing to come over. You know, it was Cobblish Motorsports. I'm sure he paid him a lot of money. So, you know, I'm sure that was at the request of William Byron. I'm sure William Byron said, hey, go get this guy. You know, I really like him. We work well together. And this is your third crew chief now in four years for William Byron. He started with Darian Grubb, if you remember, and now he's had Chad Canasso the last two years. So um, it, it the excuse of, well, he doesn't really have the crew chief there, or Chad, you know, might have been a little bit uh, – past his prime, you know, the sport might have grew him a little bit, it wasn't Jimmy Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, fine, but those excuses are now gone when you go out and really get the guy that you wanted selected, that Rick Hendrick went out and, and grabbed the guy that you handpicked. So, twenty twenty one is going to be a very, very big year for William Byron, uh, but I do give him a C-plus for the 2020 season. Jimmy Johnson is next, guys. Um, I'll start with Spencer, then go to Phillip. Jimmy Johnson, no wins, five top fives, ten top ten finishes, Finished 18th in points. He missed the playoffs, but he did miss the race at Indianapolis because he tested positive for COVID-19. Came back the next week. Uh, another tough year for Jimmy Johnson. You know, last year uh, they missed the playoffs and, and they fired their crew chief, Mendering, got Cliff Daniels in, who was in another uh, situation with Hendrick Motorsports where the driver sort of picked his crew chief there with Cliff Daniels. And uh, Jimmy Johnson runs a full year with Cliff Daniels this year. Finishes 18th in points, five top fives, ten top tens. Spencer, what letter grade do you give Jimmy Johnson, and why? Oh man, um, uh, probably the same. I gave um, probably a C minus, really, and and I, why it's so low is because we're talking about a seven-time champion who has 84 wins. I believe it's 84. Um, that has just dominated everything there is to do in this sport. And, you know, he could have, he could have quit, you know, five, six years ago and still been a hall of famer, I would believe. Um, but I mean, you, I mean, he very well could have made the playoffs if that good second place finish at Charlotte didn't get disqualified. I mean, you lost a lot of points. You go from finishing second to last, you know, that's a lot of points that um, you missed out on. And, when you miss the playoffs by several points, you know, that's where you can look and be like, hey, he didn't make the playoffs. Um, if you made the playoffs, I could have gave him a little bit better of a grade. But even if you made the playoffs, I, I really wouldn't have him going into the round of 12. Um, they've just been off. Ever since 2017, um, they really haven't uh, – they haven't been there. And for some reason, you know, no matter the crew chief he had, he had Kevin Mendering come over. Um, you know, he didn't, you know, he did okay. You know, they didn't have success there. Um, you had Canal, uh, Canals left. Um, 
and you, you, when Canals left, you're like, okay, maybe they get a new crew chief, they'll do better, and it, it wasn't the same. And then they brought in um, Cliff Daniels. He didn't, I mean, he, he, I feel like he did better than um, Kevin Mendering. Um, I think we would all agree. Um, there were some races where they went out and ran really well, and you're like, man, this could be the race. Um, and I can't, I can't remember what exactly races it was, but they were running, you know, top five. They looked strong. And they just never closed, you know, something would happen. And um, he just wasn't consistent. And, you know, and you said on the show before that you feel like that Jimmy has, um, he checked out a NASCAR, you know, his goal was to go to IndyCar and he got that over at CGR, Chip Ganassi Racing. And um, if people don't know that's listening, he has a ride with um, Action Express and the Rolex 24. So that's his main goal. He's wanting to do different types of racing and, um, you know, he's been with the road course stuff for a while. I feel like it's kicked in since he started when he test drove Fernando Alonso's car um, when they did the car swap. So um, it's just not a good year for him, and it hasn't been in the past couple of years. So the grade's so low because who he is, uh, you expect more from him. No, I think that's a pretty fair grade. I got him a little, a tiny bit better, but uh, I don't think it's anything, you know, too, too crazy. But there was one point in this season Jimmy Johnson had a – when you think about the high point of the season, you know, I remember he took the lead at Martinsville. He went out and he – I think he passed uh, – I think it was um, uh, Ryan Blaney. He passed for the lead at Martinsville and once – or he passed Joe Logano, excuse me, and he took the lead in one stage two, and I went, holy crow, led 70 laps. I'm like, holy crow, this could be the – you know, Jimmy Johnson. Oh, my gosh, it looked like Jimmy Johnson of old. And then as soon as stage – they went right, you know, fell, lost the lead and fell back, and they ended up finishing 10th. But for a split second there, I was like, wow, it could be Jimmy Johnson, uh, old Jimmy Johnson. And, and that was really the only time that we ever really had any even semblance of what Jimmy Johnson used to be. Um, 2020 season, Philip, what were your thoughts on Jimmy Johnson, and where do you have him for a letter grade? Yeah, I agree with Spencer on the C minus. I mean, <clears throat> His uh, his last four years of his career have been uh, really uh, a dive, real dive in, in productivity. I mean, when you look at what he did from 2002 through 2015, it's insane. And then after that, I mean, granted, he did win the championship in 2016, but uh, for Jimmy to – to finish off, um, it's nice that he was able to get that top five at, at Phoenix, and he ran really well. I'll I'll mention one other race other than Martinsville, which is one of many great tracks for him, was Darlington during the return. Uh, he was leading, and he was gone, and I think I had money on him that, that day too, no less. And uh, he was trying to win stage one at Darlington in the return race, and uh, wrecked himself trying to pass Chris Busher. And then that's the difference between legend Jimmy Johnson, 83 wins, seven damages, all that, and current Jimmy Johnson. Because Jimmy Johnson in his, in his heyday, in his prime, wouldn't have pushed that issue and they wouldn't have put themselves in that spot. He wouldn't have put himself in that spot. But he did there and cost himself a win same thing with Martinsville. They didn't have it. I mean, there was a couple, two, three times this year they actually had a chance. Uh, I think if they allowed 
Jimmy to actually race at Phoenix instead of the BS they always do in the final race. Uh, I think Jimmy would have had a chance to win, uh, give the uh, uh, a, a little bit of a battle, but of course that nine car was on a different planet. Um, must have been just like a good old Chad Canals Jimmy special there, but uh, C minus for Jimmy, and uh, he's uh, moved on, of course, to uh, Indy cars and and prototype sports cars and and more of that sort of thing to come in this next stage of his uh, illustrious career. Yeah, it's, he had such a weird year. I give him a I give him a C, guys, but he had such a weird year because. Philip, you talked about that Darlington race, and that certainly was one that you kind of scratched your head about a little bit. He didn't really even need to lap Chris Buescher at that point. He had such a big lead going into the stage that you were like, oh, what, you know, what's he doing even risking that? Um, it was such a surprise to see him go out there and, and wreck like that because you're not, you don't normally see Jimmy Johnson do that. But you know, then just a couple of weeks later at Charlotte, if you remember, he had a really strong run in the 600 uh, in the – I think it was the 600 – where he had a Coca-Cola 600, and he got disqualified and finished 40th. So those two races really stand out. And those two races are re- the really reason why he didn't make the playoffs um, and obviously missing Indianapolis. So, uh, you know, had one of those things gone differently, he's in the playoffs, and maybe we give him a little bit higher grade. I give him a C. I just think he had a decent year. It wasn't anything crazy, obviously. I don't think it was epically bad. I mean, Richard Petty, you know, towards the end of his career was epically bad. Um, I don't think Jimmy was epically bad at all. He wasn't great. It wasn't what we expected. The expectations are so high for him that we look at it and we say, oh, you know, it wasn't a great year. But he had a fun – I mean, he did okay. And, again, if he, you know, has one thing go differently for him, he probably makes the playoffs and maybe even puts himself, you know, in a in a conversation of, of advancing into a round or two. But, you know, uh, it was just lack of consistency. There were some wrecks there. Uh, in the playoffs, they weren't nearly as good in the playoffs as as they should have been, but maybe it was because once, you know, you didn't make the re- playoffs and the regular season was over, there's really nothing else to drive for uh, at the end. Um, Alex Bowman is next, guys. Uh, listen, he was an interesting year for Alex Bowman. Let me get you his stats here really quick. For Bowman, he had one win, six top fives, 15 top tens, and he finished sixth in the standings. Um a guy who a lot of people look at and say, well, Dale Earnhardt Jr., he took over that 88 car. We expect a lot from that 88 car. Uh, but in my opinion, he had a, a strong start to the year. He was third and got to second in points uh, after Darlington. And then in the summer, kind of took the summer off a little bit, for lack of a better term. From Pocono to to the first Dover race, they dropped to 12th in the standings. And I remember saying at that point, man, Alex Bowman's really got to figure it out. And then a license came on, and he, he had four consecutive top ten finishes and really ran strong in the playoffs. Um, so that kind of puts an interesting twist on his season, and I'm curious to see the grade you guys give him. Start with Philip first. Philip, what's Alex Bowman's grade for uh, the 2020 season? Yeah, I mean, Bowman, it's he's, he's an interesting one for sure. Uh that's really all. I, I, in terms of a grade, he's. It, I don't know what to really think of Bowman. I, I think he's a. He, I would say it's 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 like a C plus. I think 
is is fair. I mean, he got uh, he got sixth in points. Um, so and he won a race. Um, in terms, had the most top tens of his career, uh, near the same amount of top fives for his high of his career, led the most laps. Um, his average finish is basically what he had the year before. Um, that's what he is, I think. Um, being in the 48 car, even though they're just going to rebadge and they're 88 to the 48, I don't think it's going to change much other than he'll have full sponsorship all year instead of whatever the crap they had on that car most of the year. Um, that's probably going to go to Larson, but uh, it's C plus. I mean, in the end now, he's definitely the third wheel. Uh, he was the third wheel in general at Endrick, and that hasn't changed. Um, will he take that step forward is a question, but um, C plus, maybe he can go win a couple races next year and then really change some things up. Interesting. You know, I, I have a little higher than that, and and I guess it's been a trend for me all night is just be a little bit higher than you guys. But, you know, I felt like he was in the next tier. Um, but we'll let Spencer comment on the first before I give my comments. But certainly a guy to watch out for in 2021 because, again, Spencer, to me, it was a year where he got off to a good start, went blah in the middle of the year, and then all of a sudden when the playoffs came, seven top ten finishes. Where does uh, Alex Bowman, you know, uh, end up – for the letter grade for you, Spencer. Yeah, I have him a little bit higher too, but I'm not saying Phillips is wrong. Um, I would have him B minus, and I feel like that's that's fair enough. You know, he was running really strong. Um, you know, I feel like kind of similar to what Blaney was doing right before you know the COVID thing. They were always up there, you know, battling second. You know, they were in third and they were strong. Um, but then, you know, some races, I feel like the consistency wasn't there. And some races he would show up and they would be off. And then some, he's battling right there for the lead, second, third again. Um, but he led 440 laps. I mean, that is, I don't know. I'm not super math genius to do quick math, but that's a tremendous amount more than what um, than what uh, William Byron led. So B- minus would probably be where I have to label him. Um, you know, he showed speed um, probably 60% of the year at some of the tracks. I feel like he was the second car there at Hendrick. Uh, but, yeah, so B- minus isn't bad for him. I think he, you know, I it sucks that that team struggles. Hendrick struggles for sponsorship um, car and the 24. You know, Hertz filed for bankruptcy. They lost them. And he has Chevy on that car, you know, um, a lot. You know, going into the season this year, I think he only had eight races that had a sponsorship. And then, you know, that was right before Daytona. So they were able to get that Chevy goods or whatever it is um, on the race car and bring money in over at that uh, camp. And um, But he's not a real marketable guy that gets a lot of sponsorship, but um, he showed a little bit of speed this year. So it'd be minus probably where I'd put him. Yeah, he's going to be driving the uh, 48 car next year for with Ally Financial. Uh, as full-time sponsor on that 48 next year for Alex Bowman. Basically what they're doing, is, and I'm sure, uh, I think Philip touched on this, they're just basically picking up the 48, the 88 team, putting the 48, taking what was the 48 team, moving them to the five, and replacing the driver of the, of, of the 48 car with Kyle Larson. Correct. But, um, but 
listen, I agree with you. A lot of things you said there, Spencer. I'm going to give him B minus two. If that team can find consistency, I mean, that was a, a I was impressed by their by their playoff performance. I really was. I thought he did a heck of a job in the playoffs. So, um, if if he didn't end that year good, he certainly to me would have been maybe even a great a, a greater to lower, maybe even to a C for how they ran in the middle of the year. But that playoff performance got him up to a B, in my opinion. I had to really kind of debate between C plus and B minus. He gets a B minus, in my opinion. So uh, that's where he ends up for me. Uh, Chip Ganassi Racing is next. Um, interesting team. We're going to go to Kurt Busch first, then we'll talk about the 42 team uh, with Matt Kenseth, who ran 32 races, and then Kyle Larson ran four. But we'll go to Kurt Busch first. Um, I'll start with Spencer, then go to Phillip. Kurt Busch, one win, seven top fives, 19 top tens. He finished 10th in the standings. His win came at Las Vegas, his hometown racetrack. Um, what were your thoughts on Kurt Busch's year, and what's, what grade do you give him? Yeah, as far as, you know, comparing him to last year, he basically had the same season um, besides the start. You know, there last year in 2019, his first year over there, you know, what do you have, like, nine consecutive top tens he was running really strong um and that's when larson wasn't quite there and you're like man kurt you know he's damn you know he's really coming on strong in this car and um i think it was last year um and then this year it wasn't like that but he did get a win at las vegas his hometown um you know he didn't lead a lot of laps he only led 169 laps all year um but you know i i'm gonna have to kind of grade him you know he had seven top fives um, you know, I'm gonna have to kind of grade him probably probably a B or a B minus. Um, just because you know it's not any worse than his year last year and it's not any better. Um, but I think he's doing all he can in that car. We know Ganassi ain't been there. Um, you know, their best year was twenty seventeen when Larson won four races. Um and you know, that was a year that you thought they could get to the championship. If they made the final four they could get one. And you know, that team hasn't never really been there. They've never been a powerful um, team for Chevy. They've always ran kind of right there. Um, you know, in just the last couple of years, I feel like they've gotten, they've gotten better with Larson being there and bringing Kurt over, I think, helped that team a lot. Um, but, yeah, I probably, like I said, a B, B minus. Um, you know, you don't really expect a dominant, dominant year out of those race cars. Kurt's a hell of a race car driver. He's a Hall of Fame in my eyes. He's a champion. Um, he has, he has a decent amount of wins under his belt. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with giving him, you know, those, that grade. Um, you, you know, if he, now if he was racing for a higher team, like, you know, say, uh, you know, Penske and he had one win, well, then you got to start to worry, but for Ganassi, I feel like that's fair. So, uh, you know, if he, you know, that's just the two years that he's had there. So, um, not bad. Yeah. Uh, Interesting grade. I'm I'm going to give my grade in a little bit here, but I think what Spencer said there, Philip, was a lot of good stuff, a lot of truth. You know, to me, Kurt Busch was in that one car. There was times in the middle of the in the beginning of the year there, you know, from about race three to twelve, where it looked like he was going to take off and really be strong, and then it just seemed like they couldn't find their feet. They'd, they'd have a good run, they'd have a couple of bad runs. They'd have a really good run, they'd have a couple of bad runs. Um, and then they got that win at Vegas. But if you remember correctly, with that win at Vegas, it wasn't because he was running good. He didn't finish in the top ten in either stage. It was 19th. And then a round of pit stops came out, and a caution came out, and he kind of got a lucky break and then got clean air and was able to 
uh, pull away from Matthew Benedetto and really hold them off there at the end. Uh, and, you know, obviously sometimes luck is part of racing. No, nobody should take that, that win away from them. But it just seemed like the speed of the one car as the year went on just wasn't as good as it was early to start the year. But uh, what were your thoughts on, on Kurt Busch and, and what's, his, what's the letter grade you give him there, uh, Philip? I mean, I went C plus, and I probably screwed myself on that with with uh, Bowman. Uh, did, I think you guys had it with the B minus. I think that was probably um, if I could go and throw in a change here, because I'm going to give Kurt Busch a C plus. Um, the irony is, he actually had more. He was better in top five, top tens. He uh, he finished better in the points because he didn't have a bad first round. Of course, he won in the first round or whatever round it was. Uh, they think no, the second round it was. So I mean, the but the, there last year he made there was such a big difference in the performance of the one car with Kurt coming there, and they seemed like they were really they were an outside at least they were an outside factor to go and 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 top 10, top five, every single week. And I think that fundamentally pushed Kyle Larson and Johnston to pick their game up to where during the second half of the season, Larson performed as good as he ever has in a cup car um, outside of if they're racing at Michigan or California Speedway. Uh, And that's where the 42 took off. And it was because of the the one car and that performance. And uh, but this year, I mean, at the end of the day, with Kurt Busch, you, there you you it's the the heyday of when he was at Penske Racing and Roush and all those teams. That was one level of Kurt Busch. This Kurt Busch kind of like, yeah, I'm happy, I'm good, got the smoking hot wife. You know, I'm kind of running out the string. I figure Jimmy Johnson and him are working out plans to run sports cars and whatever. He's probably figuring out stuff to do with Ronnie, the limo driver. I mean, what does it really matter? Uh, C plus for him, it doesn't really matter for him. He's, he's on easy street. So uh, I'm curious to see who's going to take over for him because he only has a one-year deal uh, 2021. So we'll see if he's going to come back in 2022. And if so, who would be involved in uh, that seat possibly? Yeah, listen, that's a very interesting ride if Kurt decides he doesn't want to come back. But, you know, the last two years it seemed like he was going to retire, and now all of a sudden he's returned. So I think he's having a lot of fun. I think he likes his deal. I think he likes that monster supports him. I think he's having a lot of fun and, and enjoying himself. So who knows how long he can continue. But um, it wasn't a horrible year. I give him a C-plus as well. I think that's right about where he belongs. Very curious to see this great guys coming up. Uh, the 42 car, we're, we're going to kind of group them together here, um, but it, it really shouldn't affect the grade because Larson only ran four races. Uh, but Matt Kenseth was the main driver in this 42 car. He ran 32 races, had one top five, two top tens. He ended up 28th in the standings, and he missed four races. Uh, Larson ran the first four, one top five, three top tens. So Larson had more top ten finishes in four races than Matt Kenseth had in 32. There was a crew chief change in the middle of the year for that team as well. Uh, I can't wait to hear what Spencer's going to say, but we're going to go to Philip first. Letter grade for the 42 car. And letter grade for the 42 car, just give them an F. Um, it, they were a disaster uh, this whole entire year. 
I mean, Chad Johnson should have been fired years ago. And he's, he's absolute trash. Um, he's steaming hot garbage um, as a crew chief. I wonder about him in other ways too, but uh, Matt Kenseth basically looked like an absolute, like a furniture mover and no offense to furniture movers, but really, I mean, he, he looked like a field filler uh, at times this year, uh, which is insane to, for a guy who's going to be in the hall, first ballot hall of fame in the NASCAR hall of fame, a guy who's able to give, who moved the current snowball derby champion out of the way to win at Slinger Speedway uh, a few months ago or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, that 42 car uh, has done a lot of, it's, it's shown multiple things. It's basically proven that um, Kyle Larson's talent was way better than what he was being given. Uh, it also has proven that Chip Ganassi is not fully committed to running a cup program, which has always been the case anyway. Uh, Matt Kenseth looked as bad or worse than he did when he was in the sixth car, which is crazy to say since Roush is not a factor anymore either. So um, just give him an F. Uh, listen, I, I think if you give a team, if you had to give a team, I'm not going to go there yet. I'll give wait to get my grade. But if you had to give a team an F, um, I think just from start to finish, and they weren't put it. Let's let's say this first, and that's where probably I give them a little bit of break and I'm a little bit more uh, lenient on it. Is they were put in a really really tough situation. Kenseth especially, you know, he hadn't run. This is a completely new package. It's a 550 package. He hadn't run a race since 2018. He only ran a handful then, uh, 15 races then. Um, and he had no practice, no qualifying with a new crew chief, and it was just not an ideal situation. I remember writing an article about it in the middle, and when that was hired saying it wasn't an ideal situation, and Matt Kenseth came in. Now, if you would have told me he had one top five and two top ten finishes and it went about as bad as it did, I would have said no way that was not going to happen. But, you know, I, I think people expected him to go in there and could win races. I didn't expect that to happen. But I certainly didn't expect um, what he did, you know, in the 32 races. It was just a disaster from start to finish. Uh, there was one good race at Indianapolis, but other than that, it was it was a real disaster. Spencer, you're a Larson fan, obviously. You're, cl- you're close to this 42 car when a year started. What letter grade do you give uh, Do you get this 42 team? Yeah, I think it was a disaster of, the, of a year. I mean, you look at what Larson did in the car. He finished 10th, 9th, 21st, and 4th. And then you put uh, Matt Kenseth in the car. And, um, you know, like you just said, you know, I'm a big Kyle Larson fan. You know, um, the 42 is – I've pulled for the 42, you know, probably since about – you know, I've always liked Larson. And then when Dale retired, I decided to pull for Larson full-time. And um, – but I didn't expect this at all. I figured, you know, you got a guy that comes in, he's a champion, yes, it's a new package, new car. And I was harsh on him from the beginning. And you guys said, listen, it's a new package, you need time. But I don't think you needed a whole season. Um, I really don't. I think it's a pathetic of, the, of a year. I think it's a waste of a hire. Um, regardless whether CGR is there for cup racing or not. If you're not there for cup racing, close the doors. Um, 
that's the, just the way I look at it. I mean, what is the point of spending money and doing it if you're not going to sit there and you you want? I mean, they want to win, but uh, I mean, he he's he's all for IndyCar. Um, you know, you got Scott Dixon over there just dominating IndyCar, just won another championship. Um, that's where they're at. You know, that's he, and it's always been like that. They've been in IMSA too, and. Um, you know, when Larson won all those races in 2017, I saw another side of Chip. I felt like he really enjoyed that year. I thought that he was going to make the program better um, because, you know, they had young talent behind the wheel. And um, if, you know, anybody wants to argue and say Kyle Larson is not a good race car driver, you know, you have no clue what you're th- talking about. I think he's one of the most talented race car drivers in the world. Um, ask Tony Stewart. Ask Kevin Harvick. They'll both tell you. Um, and he wasn't able to go out there and win on a week-to-week basis. So it's, it's, it is the team um, that is – I don't know what their deal is. I mean, you figure with him having the alliance, they do. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, Larson wasn't running that bad. And then when Matt got in there, it was just a disaster. Um, I know the crew chief was running Kyle Larson setups, which was another ignorant thing. Matt Kenseth's not Kyle Larson. We can just face that right now. He's not. Um, I don't want to give them an F situation like you said they were put in, but um, when you bring in a championship driver, you I, you know I would have expected him to make the playoffs. I I mean he's a championship driver. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to run a race car. He knows these racetracks. Um, it, yeah, it might be a different package, but come on, you know you know how to drive a race car. You know how to race. Um, and it was just an awful year um, to the point where I didn't care where they were where they ran, uh, whether they finished the race or not. Um, but. I'd have to give him a D minus. I don't want to give him an F. Um, but Philip, I mean, I'm not going to argue with your F. It was a disaster year. Um, and just, it was no good whatsoever. If I was the sponsors, I wouldn't come back. Um, because that makes me wonder, um, what is next year going to be like? Yeah, you got Ross Chastain coming over. He's another aggressive driver. I'm another, I'm also a fan of him too. Um, God, I hope the program's better because if Ross runs away like he does 20th, 25th in that race car because they're no good, um, they're in trouble. He's going to have out-of-state at college. So um, sponsors need to be aware, I would I would say. Well, it was announced, uh, I believe it was announced last week officially by uh, Ross Chastain that Fucci Phil Surgeon, who took over that car at the end of the year from Chad Johnson, will, will return as crew chief. He was the engineer of the 42 team for a long while as well, but uh, I give him a D minus as well, Spencer. It was just about, you know, about as bad as you can get. I don't think that team is going to do that next year. I think that team's going to be a lot better. Um, you, they're familiar with, at least a little bit familiar on the Xfinity Series side with uh, with Chastain. He ran some races in the Cup Series for Ganassi at times this year, so another 600 and the Daytona 500 in particular. Um, but it was, uh, whew, man, there's, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. It was just not a great year. Richard Childress Racing is next. Um, we'll go Austin Dillon and then Rogel Reddick. Austin Dillon, one win, four top fives, nine top ten finishes. Finished 11th in the standings. Uh, curious to see where his grade is here for, uh, for you, Spencer. We'll start Spencer, then go Phillip. Uh, Austin Dillon, letter grade for you on, on the 2020 season. Yeah, I honestly didn't think he was that bad, to be honest with you. I thought this might be his best year that he's had. Um, and, yeah, he won the Daytona 500, I understand. But um, what really sticks out is, I mean, he had four top five, nine top tens 
Um, I don't feel in 135 laps led all year. Um, I would put this up there with his best year. Yeah, the wins aren't there. The top fives aren't there. But RCR isn't one of those teams that go out and dominates either. Um, you know, he got the win at Texas. Um, you know, and he was he held off those guys for a couple of restarts. You know, he showed that he could stay up there. Um, as a whole this year, I think RCR has gotten better. Um, you know, Reddick did a tremendous job in that eight car, and we're about to talk to him too. Um, but I think Dylan had a solid year, and especially the round that he had in the round of 16 in the playoffs. Um, I mean, you were like, wow, he could – this is – they've brought some crazy speed. Um, but I think this has been a solid year. I'd probably have to give um, Dylan a B-. minus. Um, and, I mean, it's not like he's – you know, he had one win in 2018. He had one win in 2020. Um, and, you know, he, so, I mean – I don't know. That's probably the grade I can give him. Uh, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but he didn't have a tremendous year, but he didn't have a bad year. Um, but as a, if, if I was him, I would be optimistic about what's coming in the future. Yeah, another driver missed a race uh, due to COVID-19 because he missed the Daytona road course, and lucky for him, that was right before the playoffs uh, started there, and he, and he missed uh, a race there. But um, it was a, a interesting year for him just based on the fact that he won that race at Fort Worth. But before that, he wasn't that great. He had, again, another guy who just seemed like got off. It was like a, a, a sputter, start and sputter. You know, started and sputtered, started and then sputtered. In the middle of the year, wasn't great. And then one Texas got into the playoffs. And when the playoffs started, Philip, he was really good. I mean, fourth place at Richmond, a lot of people were impressed by Ran pretty good at Bristol, finishing 12th, but he was better early in that race than where he finished. Um, put up some decent runs at Kansas and, and Texas as well. Uh, so it was a a decent year for Austin Dillon. What letter grade do you give him there, Philip? Yeah, I'll agree. I mean, Spencer has it with the grade in uh, a lot of great points. I, I I would venture to say his round of 16 performance, those at least the first two races, the Southern 500 and Richmond uh, were way better, especially Richmond, than him winning Texas. It's a product of the 550 rules package. Kurt Busch benefited from it. Joey Logano, insert name here. It's not as much about being able to have a great car, amazing talent, just need track position. Uh, frankly, the three car benefited because Austin Dillon sucks generally on road courses and they put Kaz Grala in the car and he had a great day. Um, I mean, so, I mean, for Austin Dillon, for what he is, uh, you know, he's, he's never going to get fired. Uh, the, the notion that he won a race this year with a team and he took a step forward relative to where he's been, which is, you know, not, not all that great um, relative to all the PR he gets. Um, and, and Tyler Reddick's pushing him to actually show up. And uh, it's a good thing for him. It's a good thing for the organization. And Andy Petrie is somebody. They put Justin Alexander back on the box with him, uh, which I think is a positive. Uh, you know, it is in 2016 and kind of performance in some ways. But in other ways, it is. So, 
we'll see what Austin Dillon really has in 2021 and maybe with a new car, uh, what, what he'll be able to do, but we'll give him a B minus. Uh, I give him a C plus. I think it was a very good year, um, for them and the playoffs to me certainly boosted him up a grade or two for sure. Um, for, especially that first round, like you said, Philip, it was great. Tyler Reddick is next, uh, rookie year for him, of course, in the eight, three top fives, nine top 10 finishes, finished 19th in the standings. Um, Interesting year. He, I think he was almost better in the beginning of the year than he was at the end. That's where my disappointment with Reddick comes in just a little bit is is he certainly showed flashes of brilliance this year, but it seemed like early in the year he was better than what he was late, and you would think with being a rookie driver, you would expect to be opposite. Um, he had a really good run at Phoenix in the fourth race of the year. He was finished, running the top five, and he had, a, I think, a blown tire and crashed late in the going there, but was going to finish in the top five or top three. was really looking good there. Um, but, you know, when they needed to make some good runs there for the playoffs, weren't really able to do it, um, missed the playoffs, and had a couple of good runs, a good run at uh, Bristol, 7th uh, at Talladega, but was, I think, a little bit better, Philip, earlier in the year than he was later. Uh, what's your letter grade, and what do you think about uh, Tyler Reddick's 2020 season? I'll give him a C plus. Uh Relative to what that car has been in recent years, um, Nonek made the play, made the final four and finished second in 14. After that, this car, which used to be the 31 car, has not really been that great, not that much of a factor. Of course, you look at what happened the year before with Daniel Hamrick and they were nowhere, uh, which got him fired. Uh, at least, you know, Tyler Reddick had them in contention. Homestead, you know, he he started mid-pack and drove up all the way to the top five at the, the four well into the first stage. And then because of the 550 rules package, he didn't do anything. Though I do believe he had a chance to win that race and he had a car good enough if, if it wasn't for the stupid 550 rules package. You know, Charlotte, top 10, Darlington on the return. Phoenix, he ran well. Uh, the first Phoenix. And then, I mean, he had his moments, Bristol, Talladega. But it, the consistency wasn't there. It's kind of what Tyler Reddick has been in his career outside of, you know, uh, Xfinity year here last, or what is it, in 2019, when he was really consistent. Um He's he's somebody that's going to wreck and he's going to be inconsistent, but he has those flashes of brilliance, which tells you, which is the reason, one of the many reasons why I think RC loves him and uh, wanted him in that car. Uh, the guy, I mean, he's like four foot 11 or whatever the hell he is, just like you short Smurf, like Rick and Kyle and Jeff Gordon, all of them, but dude can drive a race car and a uh, ton of talent. He's kind of like a certain guy that used to be there a long time ago at RCR in terms of hard nose, really rough around the edges, but he has a ton of talent and ability. And if RCR screws up with him, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that are looking to hire Tyler Reddick, uh, no matter the manufacturer or the team. Uh, no, I totally agree with you there. That That's for sure. There's no doubt he's got talent. It's just a matter of putting it all together. 
And I thought he had a really, really good rookie year. There's no question about that. But, um, you know, like you said, the consistency wasn't there. Uh, Spencer, what's your grade for Redick? Um, I'm actually going to grade him a little higher. I'm going to say B minus. I thought he did um, a good job in that card. You have to think, um, you know, he came into a team, like I mentioned, you know, when talking about Dylan, that team wasn't, you know, there. Um, Hemrick ran god awful in that race car. I didn't think he did a good job in that race car at all. But, you know, Rich RCR seen something in him. And, you know, he won a championship with Junior. Came back out, won a championship with RCR, back-to-back championships with two different organizations. Um, and, you know, that's kind of hard to do. Um, you know, you know, he, he comes in the year, he had some really strong finishes, seventh at Darlington, eighth at Charlotte, fourth at Homestead, eighth at Indianapolis, second at Texas. You know, those are some of the better finishes that he had. Fourth at Bristol, seventh at Talladega. So, you know, he had some good runs. Um, but, it, you know, it wasn't a great year. He didn't win. Um, but I didn't think he ran all that bad. You know, I think, you know, he has that year under his belt. I think next year he's going to do better. I think RCR as a whole group's going to do better. Um, and I think him and Austin pair well together. I think Tyler is somebody that can help that organization. He, you know, like Philip just said, he's, he's a high groove racer, um, you know, and he can drive a race car and, you know, he, um, he has that style about himself. That And, you know, drivers will tell you, hey, you know, Tyler Reddick's probably going to go up there. Um, and, you know, Larson had that. Um, he had that, you know, uh, thing where all the drivers be like, yeah, Larson's going to be up there. Well, now Reddick has that. Um, so he has that driving style that I think can really help him in the long run. Um, so I think he's going to do better next year. But I'd probably give him a B-. minus. I didn't think he did too shabby. Coming into a team, that was off. And for him to perform that way, um, I would hang my head high and I would be ready for Daytona. So, um, B minus. Yeah, I give him a C plus. I think he had a good year. Uh, being a rookie was certainly a, a thing that was a factor into that. Um, they brought up Randall Burnett. They had two new crew chiefs at Richard Childress Racing. They had a lot of changes there and a, and a new driver. Um, so it was a it was a very good year for the organization. A step in the right direction. And maybe we'll see them even perform, do a little bit better here in 2021 because I think uh, Dylan proved a lot to a lot of people about his playoff performance when the car's right. He can really run good, especially at a tough racetrack like Darlington. And Tyler Reddick, I think we've all seen what he can do if the car is right. So um, we'll see if they can get their stuff right. It could be a factor here uh, in 2021. Next team, guys, is JTG Delary Racing. And we'll start with the 37 team. And Ryan Priest was the driver this year. In 2020, uh, no top fives, no wins, two top ten finishes, finished 29th in points. Not a lot to discuss here. We'll start with Philip. We'll start with Spencer. I'm sorry. Then we'll go to Philip. Not a lot to discuss here, guys. Um, Brees is in his second year in Cup in 2020. Was much like his first year. I think he only had one top five and three top tens in his first year. Uh, just not very good. It's been a tough, tough go of it. I like to kid a lot. I think he's a heck of a racer. Was an excellent modified driver, um, but has kind of come the cup here in the last two years and has really struggled. Uh, another struggling year for him, like I said, 29th in the standings. But where do you rank, uh, Spencer? Where do you rank Ryan Priest? A D. Um, I feel like, you know, with him having two years under his belt, that's, I mean, I'm looking at his stats now. I mean, there, there's a thing where it's 40, 38, 40, 34, uh, 16, 25th another 23rd, 25th, 37th. I mean, you're looking at that, and those are 
that's way back there. That's not just like, hey, you know, kind of just inching your way into the top 10 or, I mean, top 20, you know, 17th, 18th. That's like deep. That's like almost last. And if you look at his stats, um, you see a lot of those deep finishes. And um, eight DNFs, you mentioned two top 10s. Um, You know, I mean, you look at what Stenhouse has done coming into there. You know, those cars have a little bit more in them than what Priest is doing. And, um, you know, you looked at what Priest did at J, uh, Joe Gibbs. You know, he came in and he won, he won uh, I believe, two races over there. could be wrong. I think it's two. And, but he ran top five in every race that he was in, um, I se- I, except for one, I believe. But, I mean, he ran well. So I don't think he's an awful driver. I think he's a hell of a modified driver, and I think anybody would tell you that. He owns a modified team. Um I don't know. I just don't think that he's he hasn't grasped on the cup. You know, I would say Xfinity, like I just mentioned, he did well. Um, but the cup thing's been awful. It's been really bad. You know, wrecking a lot of race cars, and um, he he needs to figure it out, or he might as well just um, look for sponsorship for his modified team and go modified racing, and you know, have a really good career over there and make a good living. You can you know you can make a good living over there. Um, you know, obviously he has the money, he owns a modified. Any type of racing ain't cheap. So um, he better figure it out or JTG is going to boot him. Yeah, and that's an interesting scenario with this team entering 2021, another interesting scenario. and There's still a lot to be played out till Daytona. I think we have some 70-some-odd days till we get to the Daytona 500. But um, that team doesn't have a charter this year. Uh, Spire Motorsports acquired the charter from the 37 a year ago. Uh, uh, that the 37 had in 2020. That that charter is now Aspire Motorsports 2021. Uh, Todd Ron, who is an uncle actually of Justin Haley, but a former Xfinity Series owner, had a partial ownership deal in that charter somehow, and uh, basically was a, was able to move that charter to Aspire Motorsports from JTG. So right now that team's going to run as an open team. In, in 2021, unless, you know, news comes out that they get, were able to get their hands on a charter and lease one. So we'll see what that goes. But that's an interesting little scenario for that team entering the 2021 season. But, Philip, Spencer talked a lot about Priest. I know you probably think a lot of his ability as a driver as well, but, goodness, it's been a tough two years for him. last, And 2020 wasn't great. Like I said, 29th in points. What other grade do you give Ryan Priest? Yeah, I'll give him a, I'll give him a D. I mean, it – I thought Brian Priest with Trent Owens was going to be this great deal. And there's entire, entirely possible year three, you know, you take that step. Like in other sports where they say the third year is what, where you go and make that big step forward. Ryan Priest's talent, he's one of the best guys that's came out of the Northeast in a long time. Uh, and, he bet on himself and went and Spencer mentioned a Joe Gibbs deal. He bet on himself and he won a couple of Xfinity races. And, and, and frankly, that's the kind of driver he is. I, for a long time this year, the way they were running, I assumed he was getting fired. Uh, the fact that they don't have a charter for whatever reason, somehow or another Todd Brown sold to those, those, um, Carpet salesman at Spire Motorsports is is its own entire thing. I thought that you know Justin Haley would go over there, or 
maybe Justin Haley would go and drive for Spire, but I guess they're going to get that charter in the end, and that'll be 2022. But Ryan Priest has one year, basically, to prove it or or go and make his his life and livelihood, go and run in uh, a wheel and modify tour, which, quite frankly, for him, wouldn't be that bad of a fallback after the kind of career he's had anyway. Um, one, he's won one championship, finished second, three other, three, four other times in the championship. So he's, he's got the potential. He's got the ability like many other guys in the Northeast. He's been given him a chance. Uh, JTG Doherty isn't amazing by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but he has a crew chief. They, they're, there's the equipment is there. Um, whether they put it together or not is a whole other thing, and we will see. With with a year to go and most of the stuff that they have isn't going to be used, maybe JTG Doherty takes some chances, takes some risks, and maybe Ryan Priest is able to kind of do what he has to do, especially with more 750 tracks. Uh, that might be a bigger, might be a better deal for him because the 550 thing. I'm sure doesn't fit his style. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with you. And the first thing you touched on when you said when he first got there, he thought, wow, this is going to be a real good deal. I agree with you, especially because, I mean, he was in a 47 a year ago with a crew chief that was kind of like nobody ever really heard of. But the 37 in 2019 had a really good year with Chris Buescher. And so when they moved Ryan Priest there, he said, okay, this is going to be a good deal for them. I loved the hire when they brought him in because I thought it was such an out-of-the-box hire nobody really saw it coming. And I was like, that kid deserves a shot in the Cup Series, and he just hasn't performed. Um, but like you said, there's always that possibility for a third year for him to go out there and, and prove that he can, can certainly compete with the big Cup guys. Uh, there was a part in, actually in the year where if you look at from Darlington, uh, Darlington Southern 500 on, you know um, – those last couple of races there, uh, he only finished out of the top 20 twice, which is not too bad for that organization. So maybe he can uh, build off that momentum and really uh, have a good year. But, you know, there was also a, a part of the year where he was, like Spencer alluded, where it was just a disaster for him. Uh, and, you know, in the middle of the year from Indianapolis, Kentucky, Fort Worth, and Kansas, he had four consecutive uh, DNFs. And that's, in this day and age, that's just going you know, to knock you down in points majorly, and he was never able to recover after that. So uh, we'll see what Ryan Priest. I give him a D-plus as well, guys. Uh, I, or I give him a D-plus, yeah. I think you guys give him a D. I give him a D-plus on that. So that was Ryan Priest's 2020 year. Teammate Ricky Stenhouse Jr. drove the 47 this year, obviously came over from Rash Fenway uh, the year before. But what are you guys' thoughts on Ricky Stenhouse Jr.? Go with Philip first. Philip. Maybe you disagree with this. I feel like Stenhouse is such a unique guy because there are races where you sit there and you go, man, he looks great. Las Vegas finished third. You know, uh, a great run in, in the second Charlotte race finishing fourth. Um, you know, there was a few races where you just sat there this year and you're like, this kid can really get the job done. But then there was those head-scratching races like, you know, the first race back from the pandemic at Darlington where he doesn't make a lap, spins out on a back stretch, and he's out for the race. Uh, 
it just seemed like a another year for Stenhouse where there were signs of brilliance, flashes of brilliance, but sprinkled in there was too many mistakes and accidents. And uh, you know, with the ability that JTG has, the, the team that that the team is, there was a lot of other mediocre finishes sprinkled in there as well. So, what do you give uh, Stenhouse, and what do you think of his 2020 year? I'm going to give him a D. I mean, he this is in terms of average finish and average start, it's the worst uh, he's had since 2015. And he's ta- there's been a huge regression here in this last three years for Stenhouse in general. Uh, he might be the the exception to the rule. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, dumping Miss Hummer and, and getting better. Uh, he actually might be the one guy that actually needed her around and was actually better with her, um, which is something to, I mean, that's that's just insane. Uh, I mean, A.J. Allmendinger won a race for them. Uh, 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 Mar- Marcus Ambrose won one for for Richard Petty Motorsports in the end, that's what it was. Uh, he ran up front, ran decent, okay with the uh, JTG Doherty. Um, he won the pole for Daytona 500, so credit credit to him and that organization, Brian Patty. And he's a he's great speedway type racer. He's great on some of the short tracks. He did have a couple of good runs. I mean, at the end of the day, what what were we really doing here? Uh, the guy, when he was in the Xfinity series, was once he got, you know, he, he fixed his stuff, uh, was was a pretty good talent. And since then, um, he's kind of just there. He's a, he's a, I mean, I guess if Kyle Larson wasn't around and he didn't hang out with Denny Hamlin and didn't like the powder and whatever, I don't know what what Ricky. I guess Ricky Stenhouse would be going and running USAC and or running the World Outlaws right now. But I, I mean, he could right now anyway because of all the money he has. But he insists on driving around, driving around twenty twenty second, twenty third every week. So hey, if somebody's going to pay him to go and run around twenty third every week, I guess I, I'll do that too. I think all of us would do that. For sure, uh, three top fives four top tens, 24th in the standings for Stenhouse. I actually think those stats aren't too, too bad when you think about the organization. I mean, obviously he brought in Brian Patty, who was at Roush, so that, that sort of uh, helps the stuff there. But again, you know, it was just too inconsistent for me, for, for him. Uh, I give him a little bit better grade than that, Philip. Um, but I want, I'm curious to see what Spencer says. Spencer, what's your grade for Stenhouse uh, in 2020? Yeah, really, I don't think he those stats are too bad either. And, it, you know, as Philip was talking, I was like, well, I don't know if they're that bad for that team. Um, you know, he came, like Philip said, he came down to Daytona and sat on the pole, and I thought that was cool as hell for that team to come out and with a new driver um, and sit on the pole and beat all the big guys. And, um, I thought that was cool for him. And um, I mean, there was, like you said, there was races where he came out and you're like, man, this car is running strong, where they would uh, they would be the last car to pit. They would try to stay out as long as they could, lead a lot of laps, try to, you know, they gambled because they knew that was their only shot. Um, 
And I think that was before the pandemic they did that at one of the races. I can't remember which one it was, but they didn't pit, and they just stayed out and stayed out and stayed out and was leading a lot of laps. And um, unfortunately, it you know, it didn't fall the way they wanted to. But, um, you know, I think the, th- the three uh, the three top fives and the four top tens, you know, obviously um, three of those go towards the top ten. But I thought that was a solid year for them to come in, New driver, um, new time working with him. Uh, I mean, you got to think he was with the Ford camp with Roush his whole career um, in the 17 car that now is piloted by Busher. Um, I thought it was a solid year. You know, as Phil, you know, as Philip said, you know, he owns a dirt outlaw team. Um, his driver's been winning a, quite a bit this year. Um, he has a USAC. Um, I believe Tanner Thorson ri- drives with him a little bit with the uh, NOS Energy over there. Um, so, I mean, his World of Outlaw team is winning and it's successful. And, um, you know, if NASCAR, you know, if he was to hang it up now, that's probably what he would go do. You know, he's hanging with Larson at the dirt track, um, hanging with Christopher Bell at the dirt track. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they, um, um, they, uh, find a way into NASCAR, but they keep their dirt teams. And, um, so, you know, he owns a successful dirt team over there and, you know, I would, I would get paid to drive a NASCAR 23rd, but I feel like Stenhouse wants to be here. He wants to win. Um, and you know, I, I feel like he's optimistic about that team that, you know, I feel like he can go to Daytona and Talladega and get a couple wins for that team next year. Um, he just got to be there at the right time. You know, that's how those places are. But, um, I thought it wasn't a too bad of a year and, um, I'm probably going to give him a C minus. Um, I don't think he did. It's not a great year, but it's not awful. Um, so I didn't expect anything more than that. So C minus. I give him a C. That's fair. Uh, interesting. One thing about the team you mentioned today, Daytona 500 poll. Uh, Kroger, his sponsor, sponsored Daytona 500 poll day last season. So I'm curious to see if that's the case this year if we'll see the speed from that 47 car again when it comes to Daytona 500 qualifying here in February. It's just something to keep an eye on as as the season rolls on. Guys, two two cars left here, uh, two solo car operations. Let's go to um, RPM first, then we can go to Jermaine. Richard Petty Motorsports, Bubba Wallace, was the driver, of course, in 2020. Uh, no wins, one top five, five top ten finishes, finished 22nd in the standings. Um, listen, Bubba started off really good. Uh, in the first 18 races, he had 11 top 20 finishes. But the last 18, he only had four top 20 finishes. So it seemed like, for whatever reason, that 43 car tapered off uh, just a little bit compared to where they were to start the year. Maybe he had his eyes on 2021, knowing it was coming. You can't really blame the guy. Um, but we'll start with uh, Spencer first, then we'll go to Phillip. Bubba Wallace, what do you think of his year, and what about the letter grade for him? Yeah, I mean, it's RPM. Um, And, you know, I've always – you know, I don't have a problem with Bubba. I like Bubba a lot. I think if he got the right opportunity, he can really do something, which he is. He's going to run for Denny Hamlin. You know, in my eyes, he's a Hall of Famer. All he's missing is a championship, and he's running with – and Michael Jordan's going to be a part of that, one of the richest dudes in the world. The world. his opportunities here, he has that. As far as this year, um, you know, you looked at like Martinsville. Um, 
you know, he was running really well. You know, there was times you're like, man, if he got up there, you know, I think he can hold him off. Um, you know, he took the lead at Caladega when all that shenanigans was going on. Um, I shouldn't say shenanigans. That sounds kind of rude. But uh, when all that stuff was going on with him and um, five top tens and one top five, you know, for that team, you know, I don't feel like that's awful. Um, that team just hasn't been there. And I'm curious to see, um, you know, I feel like he ran better than Eric Almirola did at times. Um, I feel like that team found a little bit more speed at certain racetracks. Um, but I'm curious to see what Jones does when he gets into that race car, if they've gotten better or they run the same. If Jones gets in there and runs the same, well, then it's not really the driver. It's a team problem. Um but I feel like they've improved. I would, pr- I can't give them an awful score. I mean, it's RPM. Um, I would probably have to go probably a C, C minus, somewhere in between there. Um, you know, I feel like there was races where he outperformed that car. Um, so I would probably have to be somewhere around there. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does next year, how he can do. And, you know, he'll tell you, he goes, this is my, he goes, if I don't do stuff here, you know, he goes, I'm just going to retire and do something else because he's given the opportunity now with TRD, Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin, um, Joe Gibbs Alliance, you know, he's, it's here, it's in his hands and he has to do something with it. So, um, C, C minus. Interesting. Um, listen, if, if, but, if Bubba did what he did in the first 18 races where he was 19th in points and there was conversation that, hey, this this team might be able to point their way into the playoffs, if he continued that through the last 18 races, uh, I would have certainly given him a higher grade than what I have because that was very, very impressive. But, you know, the last 18, they were sort of reverted back to where they were the year prior. I thought Jerry Baxter, the higher Jerry Baxter, really helped this team a lot, but it's sort of like – you know, last 18, they seemed like they reverted. And maybe, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know what the reason was for that, but um, it, it was certainly seemed like that. They lost a little bit of an advantage in the speed that they had gained. It seemed like they had lost it. Philip, uh, I know you're a big bubble guy. What was your grade for Bubba Wallace here in uh, in 2020? I mean, for all the stuff that went on, I mean, even outside of the car, um for where Bubba is, um, I mean, in, in terms of performance RPM, I, I, I Spencer made the point about his performance relative to Eric Almirola. And people look at Eric Almirola, he's in a Stuart Haas car. Um, he had that great year in 2018, but ever since then, been, you know, there. Uh, there's a reason why my Mr. The King picked Bubba Wallace because there was a spark. There was some juice uh, that was missing from the team that he hasn't had, that organization hasn't had for probably 20 years um, since the late Adam Petty was there. Um, And, or in general, I mean, because it isn't what Petty Enterprises was. Um, I I give him a, I'm going to give Bubba a C. Plus, um, the reality is the first half of the year, Clayton, you made the point where were, they were up there. Uh, they had their moments, Vegas, they get a top 10, you know, get a top 10 Bristol, which is one of 
Bubba's better tracks. Martinsville was – he would have had – I think 11th was worst case. I think they could have had a way better run. They could have finished a little better than that. You know, strategy didn't work out. Homestead, a top 15, and Indianapolis, which is one of their be- his better tracks, gets another top 10. And then after that, really, um, you know, they get the top five at Daytona. He had a chance to win that race. Um, probably should have in, in, in some cases, but, and, uh, you know, uh, his opportunity is there, uh, with the M with the 2311. Um, we will see what Bob is all about. Will it be like what he was doing with Kyle Busch Motorsports or will it be what he's been doing? And he's already came out and Spencer said it, you know, I'll just retire and I'll do all. He'll be a photographer because he's a pretty damn good photographer. His girlfriend does a really good job looking good and all those freaking places they got going on over there where they're going and having trips with the Hemricks. So Bob is a good photographer. I think he has a, he has a side hustle going. He, he's got multiple side hustles going, but I do believe his career and what he wants to do is actually be a factor uh, in this sport, whether certain segments of society want that to happen or not, um, is a whole separate conversation, but, um, for what he, what it is and where he's going to be, uh, he's done, uh, he's doing a good, he's done better. He's making progress. I wish Jerry Baxter was with him on this next step, uh, driving for, uh, Hamlin and Michael Jordan. Because Jerry Baxter uh, is one of the better crew chiefs in this sport, just like we were talking about Trent Owens. The guys that are underrated don't really get the PR that they should. Uh, Jerry Baxter's up there, and I think um, Eric Jones and him are going to have some fun. They'll have they it won't be every week, but they'll have some fun next year. Listen, I totally agree with about the Baxter point. Uh, I was surprised that Bubba signed that deal without making that happen because I really think he pulled a lot of strings to get Baxter from the truck series to the uh, cup series last year. I think he, he really convinced Richard Petty Motorsports to go do that because he really liked Jerry Baxter a lot. And so uh, I was surprised when Mike Wheeler was announced as crew chief there. But I give him a, a – free pass here in 2021 it's a new season for a team a startup team he certainly deserves that i think uh at least but uh after that you know it's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on gibbs a gibbs uh alliance they might have a multi-car operation here in a couple of years as well might have a teammate here so be interesting to see what bubba wallace does but yeah i give him a uh a c a c plus as well i thought it, his first part of the year if he finished he would have been a b if he continued that consistency but um, you know, just fell short of, of that because of, of just the end of the year and how that was. Last driver, guys, last Chevrolet driver we're going to do uh, here wrapping up our 2020 season, and, and it's Ty Dillon. Again, not a lot to talk about here. We know Jermaine Racing shutting down. At, or they shut, they've shut down their operation. Uh, they sold their charter 2X with a 23 car. At Bob Wallace is going to be driving next season. Um, a season that Ty Dillon, I think we've all kind of waited for Ty Dillon to, to hit his stride here, especially with Matt Borland and Geico and the strong alliance they had with Richard Childress Racing, but it just wasn't meant to be. 
Um, another tough year for Ty Dillon. He had one top five, two top tens, 26th in the standings. Philip, what's your letter grade for Ty Dillon? Um, Ty Dillon's personal life, I give him an A uh, based on Haley and, and his family. I, In terms of his NASCAR Cup Series career, I give him an F. So the fact of the matter is for this season, I'll just go and average it out and I'll give him a C minus. The reality is that he's somehow or another with the great with the great um format that we have with the Bush Clash now. He's in the Bush Clash. I think I'm giving him a C minus because somehow or another he's in the Bush Clash. He doesn't have a job. He might have a job if he decides to go and go across the line and drive a Ford. Shouldn't matter anyway. But you know, when 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 you have you know, when you have a, a cheerleader for a wife that's smoking hot and made two kids and probably got to go and be a babysitter. Probably can make more money being a babysitter at this point. It's a shame, really. I, I honestly believe that Ty's a better driver than than Austin. I don't the, – the hardware will say it's Austin, but I do believe Ty's a better driver than him, and he's never been given uh, an honest opportunity to prove that. Uh, and, and, you know, when Matt Borland, Matt Borland was done in 2004 and somehow or another kept on getting employment. I don't know what, as, as a crew chief, I mean, as an engineer, it's fine. But as a crew chief, I have no idea how he was a horrible crew chief after 2004 and he still is getting employment. It's, it's beyond me. Um, I'll give him a C minus just the fact that he has a, has a, 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 a an opportunity to run the Bush Clash, even though he'd probably run dead last anyways because it's on the road course. Well, I think you brought up some fair points there, especially about Matt Borland. I mean, um, you know, his stats from really he when he left Ryan Newman in 05, uh, the best year he had since then was 2013, and there were times where he ran to be the engineer. But, you know, he, he left for Michael Walter Racing. They fired him after 10 races in that year. Well, they fired him after that year because they missed so many races. But uh, Paul Minardi was there for a little while, didn't do a lot there. Then he was Ty Dillon's Coochie for three years, and they just never really meshed, at least never really saw some growth from that race team. Um, so, yeah, a little bit disappointing there. We'll see if, if, if Matt Borland gets a job here for 2021 as well. Ty's up in the air. Uh, you could see him maybe running a third car for Richard Childress Racing in the Daytona 500 and then maybe running a few races here and there for Spire. Um, or, like you mentioned, uh, he could do, go to the 38. There's still a question about um, that car and what they're going to do next year as well. So, uh, Spencer, what's your talk on, on Ty Dillon? What's your, what's your thoughts, I should say, on Ty Dillon? Uh, what do you think his, uh, his grade should be, and what do you think about his 2020 season? I think it was an awful year. Um, you know, he won two stages, I believe, at Talladega and at uh, Bristol, or that was year before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not a good year. You know, I figured that team would run better, you know, with them having RCR Alliance. Or, um, but I'm going to have to give him a D minus or just a D. I mean, I don't – it's awful. I mean, you look at it. 
you know, you're looking at his stats, it's 27, 39, 29, 22nd, 28. Um, you know, there's a couple – it's just not good. It's, uh, you would you would expect that team to run a little better. Um, so, yeah, probably a D. You know, I if I was him, I'd be worried for a job. Um, not unless he's going to go run an Xfinity car with uh, with um, his grandfather. But, um, you know, at this point, I would go to another manufacturer if the opportunity came and um, leave the family tradition of Chevy. And, um, you know, he has to have a job. He, you know, I'm sure he has money. Um, his grandfather, his Richard Childress, you know, he could back him a little. He could back him. Um, but at the end of the day, you you – he wants to drive race cars. That's what he does for a living. It's what he's known. He's been around it his whole life. So, um, at this point, if Ford called me and I was Ty Dillon and they said, let's go racing, I'm signing the Ford contract and I'm going to wear a black polo with a Ford emblem. Um, because at this, right now it's, you know, we're two months away from, uh, Daytona and he doesn't have a job. So, um, the awful year. Yeah. I give a D plus guys. I think, um, you know, and at that point, when you're in the D's, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it was just another lost year. And you're right, uh, Spencer. I think you and Philip commented on this a little bit. Just the Richard Childress alliance, you thought maybe he would be uh, a little bit better than what they had. And, uh, you know, you can understand maybe a year or two to get their feet wet with the Richard Childress alliance. But out in year three, uh, it was bad. And that's part of the reason why I think Geico's out. You know, they, they supported that team. I give Geico a lot of credit. They supported that team for a long time. And really waited them for them to to blossom. It never really happened, unfortunately, for them. And and, uh, and now they're gone. So we're gonna miss Jermaine Racing. I love that team. Uh, they were so good in the trucks for a long time with Todd Bodine and, and the others um, to move the make the move to Cup. And uh, they just never really found the same success. Quick guys, I know we've been on here a long time, and, and I don't want to take too much of your time, but I do want to discuss some news today from Cobbush Motorsports. Uh, Chandler Smith. Is in. He's going to drive the number 18 truck next season for KBM. Christian Eckes is out. Uh, not sure what Eckes is going to do next year, but um, kind of a just an overview of Cobbush Motorsports here. I'll start with Spencer, then I get Phillips' stake before we get out of here. Um, Cobbush Motorsports seems like they're making a lot of changes. We know John Hunter is going to be driving a four truck next year. Now Chandler Smith, what were your thoughts when you saw the news today about uh, Chandler Smith driving an 18 truck next year? Yeah, when I think of those two drivers, um, I almost think they're similar in a way. You know, they're both young. They both are. Uh, they're they're both fast. Um, you know, you look at Eckes' stats. I mean, they're not that bad. Seven top fives, eleven top tens, one hundred seventy nine laps led. Um, but I think what Kyle Busch is looking for is he's looking for winners. Um, but I think these kids are just so young. It, you know, it takes a year or two to really get uh, full graphs around it. Um, I mean, look at Todd. You know, he didn't run that well. You know, and Kyle Busch um, talked trash about him. And when he won, he told Kyle Busch to stay in the motorhome. Don't come to victory lane. Um, but I think Kyle Busch, he's one of them guys that he's not going to give you a lot of time. He wants you to come in and win races and compete for championships. And they haven't had that in the past couple of years. Um, Noah, you know, he got a win or two there. Um, 
Todd ended up getting a win, but it's he's looking for guys that can go out and win, you know, three, four races a year. And you haven't had that since you had Bell and Jones over there, really. Um, so I think he's just trying to find that right fit. The young kid that Toyota is um, trying to bring up. And, you know, I think Toyota has a lot of say in it as well. Um, Toyota has so many developed drivers, and there's no really nowhere for them to go, which is unfortunate. And, you know, we've talked about that, you know, with the new Toyota team with Hamlin and Jordan, um, that that can lead into a future cup ride for these guys. But I think Toyota has a lot to say over there at um, KBM. And um, I think Kyle is tired of I – I think he wants to take more trips to victory lane than what they're doing. And um, and so they had to make a move. And, uh, you know, maybe he thought that Rudy, um, you know, just like Knauss and Johnson, maybe Rudy just had to go find something else or Hendrick backed the Brinks truck up to KBM with Rudy Fugel's name on the back door saying, here, come to Hendrick Motorsports Cup Racing. So um, they are making a lot of changes, as you mentioned. And um, I think they're just trying to find that right driver to – get uh, KBM trucks back to victory lane. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. I thought, you know, Lassard had a tough year there last year, but I thought Eckes was okay in his first full year. Obviously, he didn't win races, but I th- there were some signs of, of progress. And I think it's a little unfair he got replaced here, but, you know, Chandler Smith did really, really well. And so uh, I think they, they kind of looked at that and said, we want to keep Chandler Smith and put him in a full-time ride um, for the 2021 season. Philip, what are your thoughts on KBM? Seems like they're making a lot of changes. We know Rudy Fugel's gone. We know uh, Mike Kelman Jr. is gone. He's going to be the crew chief for Haley Deegan at uh, David Gilliland's team next year. So the crew chiefs are completely different. The drivers are going to be completely different for that truck team. What are your thoughts on accomplished motorsports real quick in the news you heard today? Yeah, I, I'm. I feel bad for Eckes because he went out there and won that ARCA championship. You know, in 2019, he missed a race because of an illness, and then went out there and won. He's gotten hung out by Toyota, uh, which is a, a shame. I, I think for relative to what happened last year, where Harrison Burton didn't do jack crap, um, Gillen wins a race and he got fired. As Spencer mentioned, I don't think Eckes was that bad. I, I think he deserved a second year. Uh, but Chandler Smith, of course, brings money, uh, family money. And, uh, you know, John Hunter has whatever sponsors or things he's got going on. And uh, Kyle Busch knows that they, they're they going to basically narrow their situation down to two trucks with with. Kyle Busch's whatever personal sponsors to run for the five races he's going to run. And they can only run two trucks. And I think the reality is Kyle Busch Motorsports, as we know it, is this is the start of the end uh, for Kyle Busch Motorsports and Toyota in the truck series and even in the Xfinity series outside of Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, as a major outfit, I think the 2311 situation is um, a move for Toyota to commit to actually trying to keep their talent. Uh, you know, getting rid of Eric Jones is is dumb. Uh, getting rid of all these other guys is dumb. Um, they 
they need to keep the likes of John Hunter or maybe Hamrick or, you know, their their Bruckshot Jones, all these people that they have, they're going to have to keep them at some point or else you're just going to be a, 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 a college football. It's like essentially being a triple A effort to go and help Ford and Chevy, which is just ridiculous. So, um, Chandler Smith can drive. He's got a lot of talent. It's going to be an interesting pairing there. Chandler Smith and John Hunter Nemechek. Toyota definitely has a couple of guys that will perform, or you would think they perform, to try to get this uh, 2021 Truck Series championship uh, for sure. Uh, it'll be an interesting season. There, everything hasn't really fallen into place yet for the Truck Series. We're not going to know it until the week before. Daytona, honestly, but um, uh, sad for Eckes. We'll see what I, uh, Chandler Smith can do. He's a rookie of the year favorite for sure. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I think Eckes deserves another year in that truck, like I said earlier. But uh, the trucks, on a side note, there's not a lot of, there's still a lot to be determined, as, as Philip said. But right now, as it looks, it's extremely, extremely competitive for the championship next year. And I can't wait to see that as we get closer and closer to um, Daytona. We're going to preview that as the new year falls and everything goes uh, down. But uh, I want to thank Philip Matthews, Spencer Cowan again tonight. Great job as always doing our report cards. I know it was a lot of work to kind of go through all the Chevrolet teams, but we did a great job and great job as always guys. And uh, we'll see you next week here on Talking in Circles. Uh, We'll have a fun show for you. We'll we'll put something together and uh, have a great show for you guys next week here on Talking in Circles. Good night, everybody.